Good morning. Sometimes the last song that we do between sending off the kids and the teaching time is just like, we've learned what we need to learn today. It's done. I don't, I don't need to do anything. Um, but we will do something. And I'm excited for it, I am. Um, <laughs> my name's Audrey. I'm the pastoral intern here. Um, it's a role that I've been doing since September and taking on a little bit more uh, responsibility in that role, I guess, since Scott went on sabbatical. So uh, it's my joy today to lead us through some Lectio Divina, Psalm 97. <sighs> yeah, we are in also the last Sunday of Eastertide, uh, which is a season in the liturgical calendar where we continue noticing resurrection life after death. And if you notice a bit of a theme of Jesus going up in our music this morning, it's because Thursday was Ascension Day. So it's kind of the day in the liturgical calendar where we recognize the day where Jesus physically went up. So it's been an important season for us to sit with together in community, not only because of things opening up from COVID stuff and people are traveling again, and it's so exciting to see um, but also with war breaking out in our world again in a new way, and also with several, several deaths in the news, but also in our community and here in Vancouver. With the most recent one, of course, being the one in the elementary school. It's also the one year anniversary of when we first found out publicly in the news about the mass unmarked graves in Kamloops. So it's a lot of mourning that we hold. Maybe there's some other things you're naming to yourself right now, too, that you're still grieving. We name these things together and maybe internally, too, so that we can grieve it together, so that we can also look for resurrection life together for signs of hope. It's important to do this last step together, especially because I know for myself, I can't do that by myself. And maybe I'm just not as optimistic as some people, but I need this community's eyes to see God at work in the world and to have to kind of borrow from other people's hope sometimes. It keeps me going. And this is not hopefully a thoughts and prayers response to this. Um, it is a prayer response. And I was inspired when I read a quote from African-American preacher James Earl Murray earlier this week, excuse me, James Earl Massey, uh, who preached recently saying, the only prayer that is worth praying is a prayer that makes us get up. So prayers that lead us to action. And Lectio, um, and I'll explain a little bit more yet what that is, but is this process of looking at scripture and praying through it so that we discern an invitation, so that we are transformed by it, so that we get up. Backing up a little bit, last Sunday, Nelson shared a bit of his story from the last few months, and I know that resonated with a lot of us, not loving his job and what that might mean considering he's a pastor. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of the stories that came out after that. So following his lead, before I get into Psalm 97 and explaining Lecti a little bit more, 
I wanted to share a little bit of my own story of the Psalms from the last couple of years during COVID and everything that's helped me have resurrection life eyes when this kind of community wasn't possible as much. So I guess three years ago now, yeah, 2020, a little bit, well, yeah, if you count all the years, when all the socializing kind of came to a halt and we all started doing church online and George Floyd was murdered and all these other big things in the news, I didn't know how to pray anymore. And prayer has always been the one thing that I've been like, okay, not everything about being a Christian is easy, but I can pray. I don't know how I feel about church sometimes, but I can pray. I know that I love God. I know that I can talk to him. That is the one thing that's always been easier for me. And all of that stuff going on, I lost words. And written ancient prayers became my go-to. Things like the Lord's Prayer uh, was a big one. But I also started reading through the Psalms and praying those instead. And oh, boy, oh boy. I was brought to tears so often reading these ancient words, holy words of lament and grief and praise written by other believers of Yahweh through the Old Testament period even, before Jesus even came as a human being walking on the ground. Many of these psalms follow a pattern of first grieving and then lamenting, ending in praise and worship. The psalms have a pattern that help us to get it out and still recognize God's sovereignty in it all. And I wasn't really... I don't know, I didn't pick up on this growing up, or I wasn't taught this in the church, I don't know. But reading the Bible really helped me pray again, and it, it created space for me to be angry and upset and overwhelmed. The Psalms, just to give some context, um, they're not all written by David, like we maybe learned in Sunday school, or even Solomon, and they're all over the place chronologically, so some are, I don't know, I, I don't know the times, I'm terrible with dates. Don't tell my history professor. But let's say one is like 5,000 years old and the one right after it might be 3,000 years old. So it's this collection of prayers and songs put together very prayerfully and with, with intent, you can see it there, making it this book of prayer, kind of like a hymn book, an ancient hymn book that people use through the centuries and that we still get to use today, that we're gonna use today. And so the way I adopted this into my own prayer life was by naming, naming the things first that I was grieving, the global things, the personal things, the things for other friends, and then allowing those griefs to open my eyes to what I was grateful for. Eventually, I even started sharing this practice on Instagram from time to time, inviting others to do the same thing. And that created some conversation too, and it kind of shared that we're seeing resurrection life with other people's eyes again. And it was really cool to see that happen. It's taught me how to pray again, and it gave me permission to sit in my grief first without having to rush or force myself to be a happy, clappy Christian, because chances are if you're an artisan, you don't totally vibe with the happy, clappy Christian. Just, just making a guess here. Um, so this morning, as we do Lectio Divina together, another ancient spiritual practice, I invite you to bring all that you grieve into this practice that we're gonna do together in community. 
There are some printed copies around the room of Psalm 97. If your kid has grabbed it to color on the back, that's fine. Feel free to get up and grab another one. There's a few copies at the info desk as well. They're just laying there, help yourselves. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah. Feel free to walk around, get comfortable. It is an interactive, engaging, embodied practice. If you wanna sit on the ground, get some space, do whatever you wanna do. Um, there's a few new faces here. There's some faces visiting, some that are just getting used to us, some that have been around since the VPL days. So wherever you're at in your life, in your journey with God and with Artisan, your grief is welcomed here. You don't need to rush out of that space. You don't need to start clapping or being happy when you don't feel it. I invite you as you sit in your grief and the grief of others to notice how this text is gonna validate you and subsequently soften you that the eyes of your heart begin to open to the resurrection life around you. You'll see in Psalm 97 that this pattern of grieving and gratitude is shifted slightly. It does begin with praise, as Nelson read it, thankfully, this morning, recognizing God's sovereignty over everything, everything, even the other gods of this world. And then it mourns that idolatry, the worship of things of this world rather than God. And sometimes those things are good things. And calls for God's justice to come to the systems of this world, for God alone can make things right. The overall point of it is to praise God's power over the worldly systems of power. Over guns, over bombs, over cancer. Calls for God's justice to come into the systems of this world for God alone can make things right. The overall point is to recognize God as Lord over it all and calling God to act for the sake of his righteous ones. Yahweh alone is the one who can judge the wicked. So God's people call upon his name to bring about God's justice for the sake of the righteous. The Psalms right before and right after it are very similar to Psalm 97, which tells us that it's not a unique Psalm. This is very common and we have a lot of permission to call for God's judgment to come. It's throughout the Psalms and it feels a little uncomfortable for me. I'm pacifist, it means that I believe in nonviolence. So it's a little uncomfortable. I'm gonna admit that in myself, but it's right there. And this is a book of prayer that we've had for centuries that the church has used. And a quick note on what righteous means, especially in the Hebrew scriptures. It's more about what direction your feet are pointing than about being a good or a bad person or doing the right things versus the wrong things. It's, are your feet pointed towards God or something else? And that's kind of where we get into the idolatry thing again. I know that's a lot of churchy language, so I'm, ho I'm hoping you're following with me here. But a little bit more about Lectio now, we're gonna explain that a bit more. Uh, again, you can make use of the little box at the top of the handout. I'm also gonna have a slide up here. It's from Bible Gateway, it's super helpful. Thanks Google Images. Um, yeah, at the top of the box on the handout, you'll see a brief explanation 
that this is an ancient practice of studying scripture and that can be done alone or in community. And if you prefer to look at it on your phone or take notes on your phone or whatever, just make yourself at home, make yourself comfortable. So the first per portion of the practice is reading through the text twice, really slowly. I'll do that for us. And then the second is to meditate on whatever word or image comes from the first two readings, after which I'll read it again. So kind of for three readings, all you're doing is sitting and noticing what stands out to you. And then the, yes, the third portion of Lectio is to pray and consider what the intersection of that highlighted word or image or phrase has with your life and to invite God's Holy Spirit into your meditation, into that prayer. And then the last thing is to contemplate that invitation that comes from meditation and the intersection as I read it one last time and then we're gonna share. So if sharing is uncomfortable, that's okay. If you already have something kind of in mind that's coming up, that's great. Yeah, don't, don't push yourself to do something you don't wanna do, but I, we do love hearing from each other. And if all of this seems a bit too formulaic for you, we can also rest in the quote that Nelson shared last week from Jonathan Puddle, which says, listen to your body, listen to your conscience, listen to the Holy Spirit. These are not strictly the same thing, but the vent overlap is strong. I think this is maybe the more less structured version of Lectio, maybe. We can definitely apply it though. We'll leave the other graphic up for those of you who want a bit more of a visual, that's okay. So I invite you now to take a posture of listening, take a deep breath, get comfortable. And I'm gonna read through Psalm 97 slowly. And all you're doing now is listening for a word or a phrase that stands out or maybe an image comes to your mind. Just take some breaths together. The Lord rules, let the earth rejoice. Let all the islands celebrate. Clouds and thick darkness surround God. His throne is built on righteousness and justice. Fire proceeds before him, burning up his enemies on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees it and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of the whole world. Heaven has proclaimed God's righteousness, and all nations have seen his glory. All those who worship images, those who are proud of idols are put to shame. All gods bow down to the Lord. Zion has heard and celebrates. The towns of Judah rejoice because their acts of justice, Lord, because you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth because you are so superior to all other gods. Those who love the Lord hate evil. God guards the lives of his faithful ones, delivering them from the power of the wicked. Light is planted like seed for the righteous person, joy too for those whose heart is right. Rejoice in the Lord, righteous ones. Give thanks to his holy name. <sighs>
The Lord rules. Let the earth rejoice. Let all the islands celebrate. Clouds and thick darkness surround God. His throne is built on righteousness and justice. Fire proceeds before him, burning up his enemies on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees it and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of the whole world. Heaven has proclaimed God's righteousness and all nations have seen his glory. All those who worship images, those who are proud of idols are put to shame. All gods bow down to the Lord. Zion has heard and celebrates the towns of Judah rejoice because your acts of justice, Lord, because you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth, because you are so superior to all other gods. Those who love the Lord hate evil. God guards the lives of his faithful ones, delivering them from the power of the wicked. Light is planted like seed for the righteous person, joy too for those whose heart is right. Rejoice in the Lord, righteous ones. Give thanks to his name. So I'll take some time now to think through the words, phrases, or images that are standing out from the text. And I know it doesn't all fit on one slide, so that's hopefully where having the printed copy comes in handy. As you're writing those down or sketching it out, if you're better at drawing, I'm gonna read through it again. The Lord rules. Let the earth rejoice. Let all the islands celebrate. Clouds and thick darkness surround God. His throne is built on righteousness and justice. Fire proceeds before him, burning up his enemies on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees it and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of the whole world. Heaven has proclaimed God's righteousness, and all nations have seen his glory. All those who worship images, those who are proud of idols, are put to shame. All gods bow down to the Lord. Zion has heard and celebrates the towns of Judah rejoice because of your acts of justice, Lord, because you, Lord, are the most high over all the, all the earth, because you are so superior to all other gods. Those of you who love the Lord hate evil. God guards the lives of his faithful ones, delivering them from the power of the wicked. Light is planted like seed for the righteous person. Joy, too, for those whose heart is right. Rejoice in the Lord, righteous ones. Give thanks to his holy name. So that word or image or phrase that's being highlighted for you, how does that intersect with your life, with going to work, with sleeping, eating, time with friends, your relationships? How does it intersect with this community, with each other? 
Let's hold that question in prayer for a moment. And as I read the chapter 97 one last time, keep praying and contemplating, asking spirit what the invitation is for you, for our community. And how might we respond to that invitation? How might we be transformed by that invitation? The Lord rules, let the earth rejoice. Let all the islands celebrate. Clouds and thick darkness surround God. His throne is built on righteousness and justice. Fire proceeds before him, burning up his enemies on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees it and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of the whole world. Heaven has proclaimed God's righteousness all nations have seen his glory. All those who worship images, those who are proud of idols are put to shame. All gods bow down to the Lord. Zion has heard and celebrates. The towns of Judah rejoice because of your acts of justice, Lord, because you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth, because you are so superior to all other gods. Those of you who love the Lord hate evil. God guards the lives of his faithful ones, delivering them from the power of the wicked. Light is planted like seed for the righteous person, joy too for those whose heart is right. Rejoice in the Lord, righteous ones, give thanks to his holy name. So, my favorite part, what are we hearing? What's the invitation? What's the intersection? How might we respond to this prayer that's been prayed for thousands of years? As something comes to mind, just raise your hand or stand up and I'll come over to you to share. And if you're comfortable having your, your response on the podcast, just say your name at the beginning. Hello, I'm Jalen Sipe. Um, uh, yeah, I guess what stood out for me, you know what, I'm gonna sit, because I, I was sitting before. Um, <laughs> what stood out for me was the phrase joy to. Um, the year before COVID, started very difficult uh, for us with loss. And then it seems like there's just been kind of loss after loss after loss. And I think what I find comforting in this Psalm is just the idea that like, let the earth rejoice. There's joy too, you know? Um, it's been a lot of like, oh, this is hard. And then this is hard. And then this is hard. And I, I feel like at least recently, there has been some opening up in my own life and world for that joy too. 
um, for that feeling of like, I don't know, just possibility and like what God has in store and that there's going to be, you know, there's a storm and then there's the dawn and the light of day breaks through. And so I feel like I'm really ready for that joy too. I was listening to the rest of it, but mostly I was like, joy too, so great. And um, yeah, I just feel, um, I know there's always a place and I, I want to make sure that there's always um, that room to like hold space for grieving. But I feel like at least personally, I'm just so ready to rejoice a little bit. Wow, you know, especially with spring, although it is the spring, but with spring, there's like new life and you just see that there is life after death and that there is like hope after despair and that there is joy after grief. So that's what stood out to me. Thank you. Yeah. It's a little April showers should bring May flowers. And now we have the flowers. And it's June, basically. Yeah. So just, you know, it's been a little colder. Yeah. Good morning. You're Mar Mar Maria, yeah. Remembering. Good morning, everybody. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I um, lost my daughter four and a half years ago. She was 27 years old, and she passed away from an overdose. And um, I also recently lost um, my parents. However, I'm staying at Sanctuary. It's part of United Gospel Mission, and... I um, spoke last week on the massive changes in my life and the biggest being my connection to God. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that God brought me here. And I, at Sanctuary, have made connections with, there are some staff members whom, who are connected to some part of my life from the yesterdays. And one of those young women, her name is Maya, and she overheard me talking about my daughter at the dinner table. And she asked me um, if I would, she used Amy's last name. And I said, yes, that's my daughter. And she burst into tears and she told me that's a friend of, she's a friend of mine. And on Friday, I've been so focused on the grief and the, the, the loss and the missing and uh, what I haven't got instead of, trying to focus more on how much Amy gave me in those 27 years. And Maya on Friday sent me a photo on my phone and it's Amy. She rode her bike to Maya's house and she's lying in the grass with this huge smile. And I sent it to my daughter, Kathy. She said, oh mom, she looks so happy. And that caused me to reflect on how much happiness Amy brought to my life so much joy and she still continues to do that because she lives in my heart and God reminds me of that every single day. I cannot express my gratitude. Thank you so much. Thanks, Maria. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Melody. Um, I was taken by the image, light is planted like seed for the righteous person, joy too for those whose heart is right. 
and I'm going to see Hamilton tonight. And this <laughs> is connected. Um, my brain instantly connected because, you know, I am a little obsessed with Hamilton. Um, to this last song, I don't know if you know it, but Hamilton is obsessed with his legacy. And I'm a teacher. These are all connected. I will connect them at the end. I teach grade one, and this year has been hard. My class is so challenging. There's so much hurt and trauma and pain in my students, and so I get to deal with their pain in the form of behavior. And it was such a nice picture to have that God is planting light in me and that then I am planting light in my classroom for these students who push me away. Um, and it connects because this is what Hamilton says at the end, which um, you'll see, I think. Legacy, what is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden that you never get to see. I wrote some notes at the beginning of a song that someone else will sing for me. Um, you let me make a difference, a place where even orphans can leave their fingerprints and rise up. So that's what, that's what came to mind, music and image, so. I can assure you there's definitely a lot of Hamilton fans in this room. <laughs> Do not fret, yeah. Exactly. See? Ancient book of prayer, guys. It's relevant. Anyone else? Nelson, yeah. There's been so much beautiful testimony this morning, even before we got to this moment. So I'm just like conscious of where we are time-wise. I want to keep this really quick because I wrote down some things. Clouds and thick darkness surround God. His throne is built on righteousness and justice. Those felt like juxtaposition to me. Uh, so I was, I was sensing a sense like God's hiddenness with the assurance of a righteous and just rule. And so the feelings that were stirring up were anger and frustration at the ways where other foundations of power, like money and guns and military might and coercion, seem more sure. And so like the way things are, rather than this justice and foundation throne. It's like, yeah, clouds and thick darkness surround God and it sucks, the sort of those feelings. And verse eight and nine, Zion has heard and celebrates and there's rejoicing because of your acts of justice. So I also celebrate and rejoice that voices and movements and theologies that have justice at the center are being heard and amplified. And so I feel invited to keep championing and participating in God's justice. Thanks, Nelson. Yeah, Jenny. Jenny, and then I, we have time for maybe one more short one. The um, verse that stood out to me was, um, and all nations have seen his glory. And I kind of felt surprised, like, what? <laughs> all nations? Does that mean everyone, every human, or just a general? idea of what nation means, I'm not really sure. But I was curious about that and it gave me hope. And the intersection I wondered about was, well, what do I do with that if I think, or if you're saying, psalmist, that all nations have seen your glory, or God's glory, um, do I just walk around knowing that? Or how do I get up? Was that what you said, action? 
Is, is there what? Yeah, is there a take-home action to just knowing that? Um, and also kind of in, to the same tune of what Nelson was saying, like realizing, I know that money, power, well, money and misused power and um, all these kind of evils in the world or how money is used, all these things that are evil. <laughs> like, I know they bow to God, but like, how come they seem like they aren't? And then I thought of the last verse that says, rejoice in the Lord, righteous ones, give thanks to his holy name. And that it ends with that was, is kind of profound. Like that kind of came to me as like, oh, praise God. And how powerful that is. And I don't mean like sing songs, like you can do that if you want, but praise God and praise God. And I know you said you don't have to feel like a happy, clappy Christian, which is so true. But I do think of my mother a little bit and how she kind of championed and exhorted me as a child to like, even when you don't feel like it, praise God. And I think that's powerful. And I don't know the ins and outs, but that's what I heard. Totally, thanks Jenny, yeah. Praising even when there's a storm going on and even as we grieve and mourn the loss of family members, praising even when we don't feel happy. Praise in our anger and our pursuit of justice, like Nelson said. One last person. Yeah. People always say this, but you really do get your steps in when we do this. It's a thing. Hi, uh, my name's Lyndon, and some of the thoughts I had have already been said by Nelson and Sorry, I forget your name about just like the seed and stuff, but I think what stood out to me with this is the, just the juxtaposition of so much of this and how it's all bookended by like rejoice. Like, like for in my life, like me and my family have gone through COVID that has deeply like messed up some really close relationships and in the middle of, so there's that chaos and I don't see like, path forward in some of that. And we were like evicted twice in the middle of the pandemic. And like, that's common in this city, but wrestling with the hiddenness of God in that and going just like, things are changing, it's dark. You're like, where is, where's this even going? Where is, what's God doing? And I'm just really struck about like, yeah, it's all the Sinai imagery of like God and darkness and lightning and all that, but the promises that like God, God's there and like this is actually a very personal God. And as a community, we're called like even in that to rejoice and that just really struck me. Thank you. Thanks. Um, I'm even struck how a lot of this connects to um, what Pam and Ben and Colin and Jill shared this morning about um, lost pregnancies and, and lost children that way, and the pain of that, and the children that we saw and celebrated this morning, and yeah, I'm just holding that too, and, and, and how that connects to this. Um, so we're gonna come to the table now, together. We've mourned together, we've celebrated together, we've shared hope together. And now we're going to come and share uh, the table together.